conversations with prominent pastors, teachers, and leaders. This is the Pastor Well Podcast from Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Now your host, Dr. Herschel York. Hello and welcome to the Pastor Well Podcast. This is Herschel York. I'm the Dean of the School of Theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm also pastor of the Buck Run Baptist Church in Frankfurt. The Pastor Well Podcast is dedicated to helping those who serve the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ be faithful in ministry. We do that by engaging in conversation with people who are serving the Lord and furthering the kingdom. And today we have one of God's choice servants, Trillia Newbell. Welcome. Delighted that you're here. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Now, uh, you're a woman of many, many talents, and uh, you have written how many books? I have written, I believe, four trade books, a kid book, a Bible study. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you speak at conferences all over the place. Uh, I am most familiar with your book, uh, United, Captured by God's Vision for Diversity. Mm-hmm. That is just a very, very important book. Uh, you're married to your best friend. Yes. Thurn, you have two two children? I do. They're how, lovely. How long have you been married? 16 years. Yep. So we've been married 16 years. We have a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old, and they are a delight. Boys or girls? Or? My oldest is a boy, and my baby is a girl. <laughs> gotcha. Well, uh, how did you and Thurn meet? Well, that's a story. Um, we met before I was a Christian, and he wasn't a Christian either. And I was, gosh, just right out of high school, and he was, um, I don't know, he's about seven years older than me. So I, he was right out of college. And we dated for a little while, had two broken engagements, and then I became a Christian. And then we barely talked, didn't. We just parted ways completely. Yeah. I mean, your, yeah. your world was different now. My world was completely changed. The Lord transformed my heart, my worldview. Everything was different. And then I invited him to church, and he became a Christian, but we barely talked. A year later, he asked me if we would date, and that at that time, it was courtship. <laughs> and I said no, because I was doing campus ministry and didn't want to be disturbed by it dating and um but then a year later he asked again and i said yes and we've been married now for 16 years so where where was that were you here in i was in knoxville knoxville yes and so we moved here about seven years ago in this summer will be seven years ago and uh you uh work uh by the way we're coming uh from remote location at the erlc studios here in nashville and uh, you work here at the ERLC. I do. I'm the director of community outreach, which really just means I write and speak. And so I help um, think of resources and speak when they need me, if they need me, and do a lot of writing and, and developing projects. Okay. Are you? What are you writing now? Well, right now, personally, I am working on a book on Jesus and women, which I'm really excited about. Oh, that sounds great. And I have a Bible study with Moody that I'm working on, on Hebrews 11, which is thrilling to me. And then for the ERLC, we are working, well, we just wrapped up um, a Bible study with Lifeway on race and the church and diversity. And and really, it's, it's, it's not about diversity, but it's about kind of a theology of the church and race. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I really want to talk to you about the Jesus and women. Project. Okay. <laughs> that, that, I'm preaching through Luke. Oh. And, I mean, you can't 
read Luke without seeing the way Luke really highlights the relationship between Jesus and women. Mm. They're so important in Luke. So uh, what what are you doing in that book, what, or what do you hope to do? Yeah, so because I, it's not written yet, I'm starting to research now, what I kind of hope to do is just show a beautiful picture and maybe a better picture of what it looks like for men and women to relate to one another. Um, that's not the focus, but by mm. looking at Jesus, we can see, okay, yeah, yeah <laughs> he, um, he loved people. Yeah. He he wasn't governed by society and cultural norms. He he was um, radical in many ways in that time. Right. And so, just watching him, he crossing uh, racial barriers and lines, and um, what would have been, I guess, gender lines, and and so, and then lovingly rebuking women. And and so he just was he. He, I'm looking at his life and how he interacted to women as a way for us to to think about, okay, how can we relate to one another and serve one another and partner together well? Um, because what, what does it look like when we look at Jesus's life? And we are called to be like Christ. And so I think that he gives a beautiful picture of that. Now, I will say I'm still researching, still studying. Yeah, and um, so I'll, I can give more examples in the summer. <laughs> well, good. Well, Let's do this it sounds again. like a worthy project. I'm excited for you to do it. Thank you. Uh, and I'm uh, I I look forward to seeing what the Lord shows you in that. Thank you. Uh, it it's so important. Uh, so I'm firmly complementarian. Me too. I believe that God has made a distinction in the genders and roles that is not a, a distinction in value or ability whatsoever. And it's just a burden of mine that we develop women like yourself who are theologically trained, robust, who teach, uh, who uh, I mean, the, 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 for the church to be healthy, mm. we can't. This the study of scripture and a love for theology can't be limited to just one of the two genders. It has to be all of us. Well, the God calls it. That's exactly or calls right. us to every single person. We're all going yeah. to need to make go and make disciples, right? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Give advice to a pastor like me. So, okay. I pastor a church, and I want to develop the women in my church. I want them to be uh, excited about theology and studying the Scripture. How can I best help them? Apart from a pulpit ministry that I take very seriously, how can I encourage them uh, to study the Scripture and to study theology? Well, I think um, everyone in your church should be studying scripture and studying theology. So I think as you're encouraging the, from the pulpit and, and and showing it by example, by preaching the word faithfully, um, that alone can stir a desire for uh, yeah, all people. So, so right. we want everyone to be in the word. Um, I think for women in particular is – Pointing out and identifying women who can lead in this, because as they see other women um, diving in and 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 inductively studying the word, it will it will inspire and encourage them to do likewise. So I think identifying and seeing the women who are um, have a desire to lead in in that way, and then telling them to go and do, <laughs> go and make disciples, go and teach, go in, and they can. And so I, I think identifying and then 
equipping is essential. So if you have training for men, try to provide training for women. Um, invite them to that training. If And I think we can do that without um, compromising our convictions right. and, and still guarding the pastoral role. Training is, right. yeah, it's not a threat to that. And that's, then, right, that's right. Yeah, it's not. And so, and so I think identifying, training, and then I, I kind of hate this cliche word, unleashing, but sending out, yeah. unleashing, equipping, um, encouraging them to go and do, and um, providing opportunities. If, if, they, if you don't have a woman who is in leadership, in other words, a uh, women's director or some, some yeah. t- sort of leadership, then um, you, you will want to probably identify someone or you can provide some kind of structure so that they can oh, either Bible studies on Tuesday nights or something so that they know, okay, this is, this is a, a, a way, a, a more formal way for us to, to gather together. But it doesn't have to be formal, but that is one, I think, way to move that needle a little bit closer to everyone in the church being a part of that um, making, going and making disciples and a part of the ministry of the church and ministering to one another, which we're all called to do. Great. Uh, I also am blessed to pastor a church that is increasingly multi-ethnic, uh, I, I'll tell you a, a real history. So Buckron, the church I pastor, was founded in 1818, and our first pastor owned 20 slaves. Mm. So that that is our history. Like many churches in the South would find themselves with that same history. Uh, it was a joy on our 200th anniversary in 2018. H.B. Charles preached that uh, that service. It's just a way of us saying the gospel won. We we now have, uh, like I say, we're a multi ethnic congregation, and uh, it's it's something that we care very very much about. We we don't want our worship to be segregated on Sunday mornings. We we want our church to be uh, truly reflective of our culture, mm-hmm. uh, and whoever is in our city, uh, we want that that kind of. Uh, composition in our church as well. We want to reach all people. Uh, Tell me, how can churches that have been uh, historically and traditionally uh, white, Anglo, uh, be open to uh, reaching different ethnicities? And give us some advice. Yeah, well, do we have a few days to have this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) We need a lot of advice. We need but it's so it's important that we do it. Yeah, it's important. Yeah. You know, it's so important that we do this well. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is repent. So if if you are um, struggling with reaching your neighbor, why? Yeah. What is it that's holding you back? Which a lot of people just don't realize that they are struggling with. Maybe they're struggling with the sin of partiality. Right. And James, of course, talks about it in regards to money. But we can be partial in so many different ways. And that's God right. is not. God is not partial. Praise God for that. So evaluate your heart. What? Maybe it's fear. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're afraid to love your neighbor. I don't. There's lots of different things that keep us from going and doing and reaching out to those who are not like us. So I think the first thing you'd have to evaluate your heart and the reason why um, your church looks the way it does. Now, 
for a church like yours, praise God, I mean, with your pastor who <laughs> was owned slaves and now multi-ethnic, there, that is, that's a miracle. It is a miracle. It's a miracle it of God's miracle. grace. And so, and so I think that, um, I think when you're evaluating, you, you, you need to be on your, your knees. I, I think a lot of people, which is unfortunate, um, kind of minimize prayer and the power of That's prayer. That's a good point. Yeah. But I, we need to be on our knees because we're talking about we're praying to. It's spiritual warfare. It's absolutely spiritual warfare. God, God wants us united. Satan does not want That's us right. united because what does the what does it display? That's right. Jesus. It displays Jesus. If we have love That's for one how another, He knows we're the the world knows we are His disciples. Exactly. So what better way to destroy um, our gospel proclamation than to divide our churches. So I think um I so I think it's really important that we're on our knees praying about this and then going out and reaching out to others. Go outside your neighborhood, ask people um now you want to be careful here because we're not we don't want to be church stealers. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Instead we want to be gospel proclaimers. That's right. So we want to be sharing the gospel and looking out. Are we segregated in our, our lives. Look at your personal life mm-hmm. because your church is – it may be a reflection. Reflective of, of exactly yeah, who you are. Exactly who you are. And so it's just – so um, – and I think it's also really important that this comes from the pulpit. So if you – you can't make your congregation um, diverse. You can't make it. Um, and you can't make your congregation um, go and reach out to their neighbor, but you sure can preach it and, yeah, and watch. It. Yeah, and model it and watch God's Holy Spirit work in there. And so I think um, it needs to come from the pulpit, the leadership first. And that that's a whole nother discussion because I would encourage pastors to have a diverse staff so that you can reach a diverse yeah, people. That's right. And so there's a lot in this conversation, but I do think first evaluating your own heart and then getting on your knees and praying and opening your eyes and stepping out. So stepping out to your knees. You know, it, it also means being open to other ways of worshiping. I'll tell yeah. you what's happened at Buck Run as we've had more African-American families join our church. Our worship, uh, the, the style of our worship has changed. Yeah. Uh, so we've we've got African Americans that are more celebratory in their worship. And you know the at, at, and I've praised God for them that first of all they were brave enough and just free enough to come into a church and be who they are. Oh yeah. And yeah. be who they are. And uh and man what's funny yeah, it's not it, it's more it's not funny as much as it is what's joyful is that People have loosened up. It's made <laughs> it's made our whole church more celebratory. Yeah, and uh, I mean, they they respond now. It's much more of a dialogue when I preach yeah. now than it has ever been, largely because of African American families in our congregation, and it's well, just a joy to see it. It is. It makes that, it easier for me to preach too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there is something about when someone responds that just spurs you know spurs yeah. you on and keeps you going well i will say that i'm dr york i'm really just blessed to hear about your church because a lot of 
times and what hinders people from attending a maybe a majority culture church is that we are called we being African Americans to assimilate often. And so I'm that there must be some a bit of a welcoming environment for those who have come to yeah. feel that freedom to express in worship the way that they would at a black church for example or yeah. anywhere. And um and so that to me you should be quite encouraged. Well, I am, and, uh, and this is one of the things that we work at, and I think it's essential for churches to work at, is being that welcoming congregation. I mean, from the parking lot on in, we greet them, we welcome, I mean, all kinds of people. We actually have uh, a Muslim family that attends. They've never trusted the Lord. Uh, but even when the wife wore a hijab on a few occasions, Everybody was fine with it. They're just delighted. They're they're hearing about Jesus. And this Muslim man said to me several times, "I'm never going to become a Christian, but I love to hear you talk about Jesus." That is neat. I know, and I just go, "You just keep coming and hearing me talk about Jesus," you know, because I in my heart I know he can't yeah. say I'll never become a Christian. I know. Yeah. And I'm just the gospel has he, power. He said to Tanya one time, he says, "I won't be gotten." And so Tanya prays specifically for him that the one who says he won't be gotten will be begotten, mm. and uh, that you know that's our prayer. But we really, uh, Buckron, I, I could go on and on about this church for days. It's just a marvelous place, and it is a a beautiful uh, just evidence of God's grace. When I you see the whole history of our church, how it began and where it is, and. Uh, and and this is this is what I want to see in my whole denomination. Not to interview you, but have you written about this? Has is there any kind of documentation? Because it could be an encouragement to now, other churches. You know, um, I, I've not written about it. We did a uh, we did a, a panel on racial reconciliation one time. I had uh, uh, several people, different ethnicities, on this panel. Men uh, whom I respect, uh, some of my colleagues at Southern and. And, you know, we, we try and have open and honest conversations about it, and uh, Buckrun has just responded uh, well. I mean, just talking about things like the Confederate flag. Yeah. You know, uh, I you know, growing up in the South, a white kid in the South, I mean, for me, I, I, I loved Southern Gothic uh, novels, you know, William Faulkner. It was about Southern culture and identity. I didn't see the Confederate flag as a defense of slavery. But then I, when I talk to my black friends and they say, yeah, here's how I see that. And I listen to them. Okay, I need to hear that mm -hmm. because, uh, I mean, why would I want that to be anything that would keep someone from the gospel? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's no. That, why put up a stumbling that, block that's right. a barrier uh, that does not and, matter? Yeah. And when we have these kinds of open conversations at Buck Run, it helps our people understand, you know, it's not. You know, nobody's saying that that means you're a racist, but we're saying be th think about your brother. Think about mm -hmm. how to reach people. I mean, uh, what are the barriers we can take down and yeah. and just be you know sensitive. And not even reaching, loving. Yeah. So how do you love your neighbor as yourself? You right. you're going to get rid of, you're going to get rid of things that don't hold value, not eternal significance or that, value. And that's so right. if it's going to keep people from um, being able to feel like they can serve together and enjoy one another, think just it's not worth it. So don't put a stumbling block 
um, yeah. in between a relationship like like the Confederate flag, which I would agree with your black friends who <laughs> yeah. Yeah. who mentioned to you. Sure. Um, yeah, and so I think it's not it's not worth it. And and if as we dig deeper into some of those um, symbolic cultural, we 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 well, we can recognize that they are they can be hurtful and That's so right. yeah and so it's it's there are things that we can lay down for the sake of christ and for the sake of the gospel and for brotherly love well that's right i mean and, and paul lays that principle out really clearly i mean this isn't something we have to even wonder about yep i mean he says okay i've got the right to do this but i if 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 it is a stumbling block to my brother i'll I'll be a vegetarian. Now, I'm going to tell you, my wife will tell you, I, I, there's nothing I like like a slab of meat. Yes. Um, so when Paul says that, he got he gets my attention right away because, I mean, but he's exactly right. If yeah. if that would be a stumbling block to keep someone from the gospel, someone from Christ, well, I ought to give that up. Even if it would cause my weaker brother to stumble, I, I should be willing to give that up. And I, I'm not going to spend my life defending things that – don't help the gospel. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I, I want to help people get to Jesus. Yeah. I don't do anything to keep them away from Jesus, and I want my church to reflect that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that you have also written, as you said, a children's book. Yes. So that's a big thing, and you're on your heart about how we get the gospel to children. So tell me about your book. Okay, it's called God's Very Good Idea, and. As I even talk about, I start just, it has been such a joy to see the response of kids. And how this book was birthed was I was just doing a a, um, Sunday school lesson to the kids at my church, my local church. And it was on um, Imago Dei and the race and how we are created by the Lord and and how we're a family because of Jesus. And so I was, I'm speaking as like I was to them. And so I was doing a little lesson. And as I was researching to do this lesson, I didn't see, I couldn't find anything that was clearly theological, clearly biblical. I know there's probably stuff out there, but I couldn't find anything. So I had to write it. So <laughs> so I wrote it and then I taught it. And when I taught the lesson and heard the kids, their little responses, and um, one of my friends called me later and said that her daughter said, okay, my daughter's name is Sydney. She goes, Sydney's not just my friend. She's my sister. And at that moment, like I could cry thinking about it. At that yeah. moment, I knew if the Lord would allow, I want to get this into the hands of as many families as I can so that they too can share the gospel and what it means to be made new and how God has created them and to reflect him and that God has created all different people in his image, uh, all different ethnicities, all different um, abilities in his image. And, and that we can know Jesus through his, his cross and resurrection and that we, um, that we are a family. We're made and that one day we'll worship together, all yeah. together. And so so that was how it was birthed, just in a Sunday school lesson. And it has, um, I, I, I'm, I've been really surprised by the reception yeah. and blessed. To, well, it's clearly, coming. obviously, on your heart. And yeah. what, a, what an important uh, uh, niche to reach. So I'm so grateful that you do that. Thank you. Uh, so what are you, do you have any hobbies? Oh, 
I guess this is a hobby. My daughter and I, I don't know if this is a hobby or ministry or what it is, but my daughter and I just opened a little boutique called Mm. SJ Boutique. And um, we we have hired, if you want to say that, artisans from Uh Rwanda to make jewelry. And um, we, I went to Rwanda over the summer. Well, it was in the fall, actually, and fell in love with the women that I met. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when I came home and talked to my husband about it, um, he, we were like, how can we get involved? And as I've understood a little bit more about how to care for uh, people in other countries, what I've learned is that you don't just give money. You you provide work or right. something where so that because it's dignified work it's dignified for them to earn a right, living that's right and so we thought okay well we'll just buy their jewelry <laughs> so that they can continue to work and we'll sell it here and they had been praying for a new market and for new ways to get their jewelry out and so so and this how old is, is your daughter she's 10 okay but, so, but this this is beautiful it's fun so the two of you do this together this gets her closer to your heart it teaches her productivity and responsibility and helping people and all these wonderful lessons at once it what a, has been so much fun uh, what an what a great lesson yeah, and great and that's thing. the goal yeah. everything that you said we we wanted to teach her we wanted to explain especially to our kids we we live in the Nashville area, affluent area, yeah. and they just don't understand poverty. That's and right. so we were trying to teach them about poverty alleviation and how we can help um, without hurting right. and how they can work. And that. And so she is um, she's she has written and uh, taken inventory. She has just developed all sorts of um she developed uh, ways for us to store the invent- the inventory. She, really, she developed. She um, a friend of mine made a, a logo for her based on her what she likes, and she picked it out. And so we tried to allow her to really all hands on, and yeah. it has been an absolute joy. And so the ladies in Rwanda, um, they uh, did a little video for us and sent it over so that it's just saying hi. So so it's just been a, a joy. And what we're praying is that we'll be able to get over there as a family um, in 2021 because we, I, when I went, um, I met the women that, so I know these women who are um, yeah. making these jewelry. So it's been a joy. But even in the process, the way that's going to Bind your daughter's heart to you. Yes, is that's priceless. It's already. I can. I. We, thankfully, have a very sweet love for each other. All of our our family. I yeah, have. Praise it's the just Lord. yeah. Praise the Lord. It's it, we've we have a very um, good relationship. Of course, she's ten, but but already I can yeah. see kind of that developing, and um, it's been a fun fun journey to walk with her and to teach her and um but yes it's it our hearts are just well that's yeah. that's a hobby and it's also <laughs> it's also, a lot of things it's hobby I, yeah. ministry it's job it's yeah. you, you, <laughs> it's like yeah, maybe that's a hobby but i also i i like to road cycle i haven't done it in a little while but and i enjoy running i like exercise any kind of fitness i really, really? enjoy i love it and I, though are, i haven't done it in a while are you but. a foodie I am a foodie. Thai food. Thai. Steak. I I like food. So I'm a I'm yeah. I 
could eat almost anything. <laughs> like when, when you when you go to a city to speak or something like do you, so do you choose? Would you rather choose nice restaurant? I mean, like really really nice restaurant. Or local dive. Local dive. Yeah, I've tried to find. Yeah, I try to find the local dive. Tanya and I are big on it. It man. is so. It is. It is fun. And now I will. I I enjoy a nice restaurant from now on. But a lot of nice restaurants, um, they the quality isn't always as good as this hole in the wall that you find. And I also love a lot of ethnic. So I yeah. I love Indian and Viet Vietnamese and I love. Thai is one of my favorites. You like the spicy? Like, I love spicy. You like heat? I love heat. Yes, I love heat. Mm. Um, but I can eat almost anything. I love barbecue. Upstairs, we're at the ERLC, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, uh, one of my colleagues, Daniel Patterson, he made this um, steak. I guess it, I can't remember. It was a tenderloin of some sort. And I... I mean, for, at 10 a.m. I was eating steak. So if that gives you any idea, <laughs> that's my that's a good day for me. That's right a here. good day. It's a yeah. good day. So yeah. I I kind of I'm a foodie insofar as I just love. Yesterday food. I had brisket for breakfast. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm. So uh, you relate. I'm, I'm a meat guy, right? Well, <laughs> listen, it's been a joy to have you on, Pastor. Well, I love to just end with uh, what I call twinkling of an eye around, just some rapid fire questions. Okay. And uh, you don't have to be rapid in your answers, though. But it's just oh. uh, like your uh, just random things. All right. All right. Favorite secular author or book, a book that or an author that's influenced you that you read. I can't think of his name. Cal Newport, maybe Newport. Newport. Deep work. Okay. Really helpful. All right. I know. I'm not familiar with that. So. I don't know if he's my favorite, but it's just a this helpful one. book. Okay. Yeah. Uh, any, are there any? Particular preachers you like to listen to? You know what? This is going to sound really bizarre, but I guard against that so that I don't judge them <laughs> with my own pastor. So I, um, oh, I love, that's... yeah. So I don't listen to a lot of pastors. I, I love Tim Keller, um, but I read books. So I'll read their books, but I don't necessarily listen to their um, preaching. I got you. Uh, your favorite vacation spot? Oh goodness. I we bounce around. We went to New York, and I loved it. And I love the beach in uh, D.C. Yeah, right. if there's anywhere in the world you could go, where would it be? I'd like to take my family to Paris. I've been, but they have not. Okay, did you go up the Eiffel Tower? I did. I did the whole nine yards. The I whole, was, the whole yeah, Paris yeah, thing. Yeah, it was so fun. The Louvre. I did. I yeah. did the Louvre, and I like the Rodin Museum. I love sculpture. And, really? Um, I, I like to look at art because I can't do it. <laughs> I admire artistic yeah. people. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, if, you're, if, you have, if you're listening to music, what kind of music are you listening to? Ooh, that's hard. Um, I'm listening to probably Stevie Wonder. And oh, so like old, like old school hey. Motown. It's not old school to me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, well, I mean, I, yeah. I lived in Detroit, man. Oh, so, you did? Yeah. yeah. I graduated awesome. high school in Detroit. So. Oh, well, there you go. Same school Eminem went to. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was younger funny. than me, but same same <laughs> neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you so much. It's just a, you're a joy. I oh, thank okay. God for his hand on you and the way he's using you. And uh, it, it blesses me to know you're here at the ERLC and serving the kingdom in this way. Thank you. So thank you, Trillia, for being with us on Pastor Well Podcast. And thanks to all of you who tuned in. Uh, if you've not yet subscribed, make sure you do so on YouTube or on your favorite podcast app. Uh, this is Herschel York, and I'll see you again next time on Pastor Well. <laughs>